Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, Mondo. Huh. On this episode, we've got a theme, a uh-huh. road trip theme. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to talk about some road trip movies. Uh-huh. We're going to do a Degenerates history on Hunter S. Thompson. Uh-huh. I'm actually excited for that. We've been doing a lot of pervert o- like type. Older, older too. They, none of these, this, Hunter S. Thompson is part of history, but it's like more of yeah. a modern day. A little, little more contemporary. Yeah. Alive during our lifetimes. But also not a, just a straight up pervert. He's a different sort of degenerate. I was getting sick of like the, and then they had sex with 20 of their cousins. It's like, okay, all right, degenerates. They're, you know, don't, don't pigeonhole us. Into that uh, that box, and you know what? I'm sure there's probably a uh, a degenerate in history that like to have sex with pigeons. What? Yeah, it, like pigeonhole. I'm sure that's some sort of sexual term we don't know about. My whole point is, I wanted to move away from that. This is really kind of productive. Uh-huh. We're going to a- a- answer some Reddit questions and then talk about the Last of Us episode two. Yes. Um, but first, Mondo. Yeah, I had a question for you. Uh huh. What did the lesbian vampire say to the other lesbian vampire? Yum. I'll see you next month. Okay. All right. I got gotcha. you. You get it because it was, it was a period joke. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, but I, I was on the I was on the level. I just didn't I didn't figure exactly out what your the punchline was. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no points involved. There's not a game show. You don't you don't fail to go on to the next round. Unless you can't name a single good road trip movie, then you fail. We just have to stop the show. Road trip, the movie, and then National Lampoon's Road Trip. Those are my two. Well, well, slow down there. Okay, slow down there. What what makes Road Trip the movie? Is that is that the official title, or is it just Road Trip? Yeah, it was just Road Trip. Yeah. Well, so what what makes that one of the best of all time? Um, I just because just because the nostalgia tied to it. I remember mm-hmm. seeing it in. Uh, in uh, Whittier College, they had this whatever it was like deal one hundred and one, like basically this big amphitheater thing, and they they played it for free for the campus. And I was like, we were freshmen, like a week into school, and when the school sponsors a movie, we go and watch it, and it was Road Trip, and it just it was funny as fuck. It, it still has one of the most iconic lines. Several, several. The one that immediately popped to mind when you said that was Mondo. Uh-huh. Did you kill a cheetah? That was that's probably number one. That's probably number the, one. Now that was uh, they're they're on a road trip, uh-huh. like the title suggests, and they end up at a black fraternity. Was it in the south or I can't remember where it was? Yeah, but, it, but it's an all black fraternity, and uh, the character played by DJ Qualls, who's just a very very skinny, nerdy looking white kid, has sex with a a voluptuous black college B- girl. BBW, BBW. She, she's large. She's about. Twice as thick as he is, at least. Uh, probably. Maybe several three, times. Three more. times. Pro- probably quadruple in the ass. Um, yeah. And and uh, he shows he shows the guys on the road trip their her underwear, which are leopard print. And they're like, did you kill a cheetah? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what, what were the other... I I actually don't recall ever seeing this movie before, but about a week ago, coincidentally... Oh, enough, I meant the other iconic lines. Oh, um, God damn. No, I don't remember that one. No, there was plenty of scenes. Like I just remember, like it's tricky to rock. Was it? He's dancing, and it's also DJ Qualls just dancing. Like all the other guys behind him are doing step, and he's doing like D- DJ Qualls stole that movie. Oh yeah, for that sure. is his his high point of his career and probably his life. The the other thing though that I I remember Amy Smarty a hundred percent. 
don't. Have we ever seen just full bare titties in a movie like that before? And they're yeah, they're yeah. very natural about it, though. Yeah, in the in the eighties, a lot oh, of a movies point. were more raunchy, True. more you uh, I say pornographic, but like nudity was more involved, and it's tapered off. You know. All right. What was what was your other road trip movie? So yeah, last week, coincidentally enough, having not knowing we were doing this episode, by the way, uh, National Lampoon's Road Trip was on, and I watched that thing, and I and it kind of felt like watching it for the first time. It was it was kind of funny. It was pretty good. That that was one of mine too. Cool. And they're they're on a family road trip to go to the fictional equivalent of Disneyland. Uh huh. Called what was it Wally World? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is Walmart now, which is weird. That wouldn't be nearly as exciting as a movie. <laughs> We're gonna go on a road trip to Walmart, and that's that's one of the another iconic line is like they get there at the very end and then it's closed uh-huh. for renovations because kids, this was back before the internet. You couldn't just you didn't know what the operating hours of the yeah Google, Go- Park Google search is Wally World open. I mean, you think they had telephones back then? I think they could have probably called. called. Hey, you guys open this day? But you know. It was, that was that was part of Chevy Chase's charm in that movie. He was kind of a dumb fuck. Yeah. And they get there and they're like, "What do you mean Wally World is closed?" I don't think I have that quote exactly right. Yeah. But just that that concept was, was great. Um, here, here's a couple of mine, Mondo. Okay. Oh, brother, we're out thou. I saw that. It's on YouTube movies for free right now. Uh, really? Yes. Th- that is one it's of my a great movie. All time favorite movies. The song, the music to it. Oh, amazing. They all do a good job. Uh, Clooney. God damn it. I'm blanking on our two two names, but pretty good actors. Both so many, just so many. John Goodman is in it. Yeah. What is it? Is it John Turturro? Turturro. Yeah. And then the other white guy. The other white guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, if you were, oh, what's his name? Stephen. He's a character actor. He's in so many things. He was he was in Office Space. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's great, and there's there's a really a lot of just funny performances. And I, if you weren't aware, that movie is very loosely based on the Odyssey, where uh, you know in the the Greek epic where Odysseus is returning from the Trojan War. He's Man, trying to get last, home. Last week we had something that was referring to Hamlet. This week we have something yeah. that's referring to the Odyssey. Yeah, man. That you know, pop culture. We'll reference the past. See, so Aaron's not that dumb. <laughs> I mean, I don't. No, it's not, I, don't it, it, I hadn't really heard that suggested before. It, it, was, it was actually more me that's dumb because I didn't know that there was ties to the shit that you're referring to. But anyway, that's that's okay. It, you, it's yeah, not, it's not dumb. You just you, you didn't get that the Whittier, connections with your college uh, English major education where you have to ruin everything and not enjo- and just simply enjoy it you have to look for the parallels and what it's based on in the source material and all that bullshit but one, one uh, two more movies okay that I, I really enjoyed great road trip movie Little Miss Sunshine okay yeah I remember that that was uh, Abigail Breslin's mm-hmm. first uh, acting gig and she was like she won an award for it, and I remember the the guy that plays the grandfather. What's mm-hmm. his name? Can't remember. He's a, he's incredible. In it, he's though. also a great actor, but I remember him like like saying, "You're no, you're ruining this 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 child's uh, acting career because of the fact that now she has all this to live up to." You know, you could you could have just let this girl be a little girl. And anyway, it's a it's a road Alan trip. Arkin. Alan Arkin. He's fucking great. That, that whole cast was straight fire. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I forgot everyone else in there. Greg Kinnear, Greg Kinnear was, plays the, the, dad. was the dad. Yep, Steve Carell. Yeah, he plays the like the suicidal uncle or the uh-huh. just just try to commit himself uncle. <laughs> Paul Dano. Paul Dano's a fantastic actor. Yeah, it was. I mean that that movie was the incredible. Cast, yeah, the 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 whole part about the grandfather teaching his little, little granddaughter strip, strip dancing really really <laughs> over sexualized 
uh, striptease dance. I mean, you're like, oh, okay, well, we know what Grandpa did with his life savings and why, why he's living with them. Um, that was a great movie, but Mondo, my yes. all-time best movie. Okay. Not even my movie. The all-time best road trip trilogy, uh-huh. Lord of the Rings. Okay. That you guy, the road trip into Mordor. Right. Yeah. When I think of road trip, I think you're on wheels and you're... But yes, okay, technically it's a road trip movie. Just like, hey, A Knight's Tale is technically a road trip movie. I mean, they, are they are they not... Okay, there's a very famous line in the movie where the uh, the riders of Sora and the black horsemen are coming. And they're like, get off the road! In order to get off the road, they had to be on the road... Ipso facto, Mondo, okay. road trip movie. All right. I rest my case, Your Honor. Sure. Um, and then, you know what? One, one last one. It was, we can just tie this right in. Not not my top anything of road trip movies. Certainly a road trip movie, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It was a good movie. I actually, I didn't get it. I didn't get it when it came, like when it was came, when it came out in the movie theaters and all that shit. I didn't understand it. I was way too young. And it wasn't until I was older that... I think it was Bollocker that got me turned on to just Hunter S. Thompson and, and the movie. By quoting various lines from the movie, I was drawn to like watch it and then learn more about Hunter S. Thompson as a writer. Um, so, so and, and just before we get we dive into the article, uh-huh. I do want to, to shout out, there was actually an earlier Hunter S. Thompson movie made. Did you know that? Uh, I think so. Fat so. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Just, I can't remember. It was called Where the Buffalo Room. Where the Buffalo Room. And instead of uh, Johnny Depp playing Hunter S. Thompson, he was played by Bill Murray. And, mm. and that was when people did not give Bill Murray any credit as a serious actor. They're like, oh, he's like the the goofy Caddyshack guy. Yeah. You know. And I actually thought his performance, in some respects, was actually better than Hunter S. Thompson. I think Bill Murray gave a superior performance to Johnny Depp. Hot take, Mondo. It was a little bit more nuanced. Johnny Johnny Depp is just in straight, full-on, manic, crazy mode in the whole run of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Bill Murray, there's a little bit more nuanced. There's a little crazy. There's a little sad. Bill Murray's role, like when he does his serious roles, he actually pulls them off quite well. Like I've seen, there's the uh, the one where they're in a... With Scarlett Johansson, what's it called? Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. Slash Scar- Scarlett Johansson's ass was glorious in that movie. Yeah, and there's another one called something about Wallflower, something Wallflower, or Broken Flowers, or some nonsense. Okay. Another more serious role where Bill Murray plays the lead, and you like expect... Like, there's something about his character where you expect, like, just just otherwise lines that get delivered, like, seriously by somebody else. When he delivers them, there's, like, this kind of, like... Like two-handed tone, like kind of joking, kind of serious. It's also kind of sad. Kind of sad, yeah. There's a lot of things when he delivers his lines that he pulls off really well. All right, Mondo. So we, we've set up this mythic figure of Hunter S. Thompson, uh-huh. played by amazing actors like Bill Murray and Johnny Depp. <laughs> who, who is this guy? Let's get into the article. So this is a segment of Degenerates History brought to you by the Degenerates duo, me and Aaron. Exploring Hunter S. Thompson's maddening daily drug routine. Yeah, I I picked this one because it really gets into the degenerate aspects of Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, It starts off with a quote by Mr. Thompson. I hate to advocate drugs, alcohol, violence, or insanity to anyone, but they've always worked for me. (laughs) He he did build a career off of those. (laughs) Right. A very volatile mixture. 
There are some figures of contemporary popular culture that operate somewhere between the mainstream media and certain countercultures that offer an alternative, creative, and somewhat unusual lifestyle. So, so just pause real quick. I do want to note that we're taking this from a, a magazine called faroutmagazine.co.uk. And you mm. can tell it was a British writer because we're going to get into all the batshit crazy stuff he does. And they're like a creative and somewhat unusual lifestyle. It's like, yeah. that is that is putting it extremely, extremely mildly. That's like saying Shaquille O'Neal was a slightly oversized individual. Yeah. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson, the acclaimed journalist and founder of the Gonzo Journalism Movement, is a figure that epitomizes that thin slither, uh, slither of life with an unnerving eccentricity. So for somebody who doesn't know, Mondo, can you explain what gonzo journalism is? Do you know? No idea. You're a journalist. You're I am a not a journalist. <laughs> I, I would just imagine just some someone doing some crazy shit. So like Hunter S. Thompson, and this is persisted to this day, but Hunter S. Thompson did stuff like he went and, and hung out with the Hells Angels and followed them around for a month and you know, then would write on it. Like, he'd go out into the field. So that, that sort of jur- journalism persists today where people are just like, they're, they're not just writing the story, they're sort of integrating themselves into the story. This is perhaps not the, the best example, but Borat. Okay. That would be some gonzo journalism. And uh, another one, though, there, there, there is, well, I can't remember the guy's name, but he has a YouTube channel called All Gas, No Breaks. And like in the midst of the COVID pandemic and stuff, he was just going out to all the crazy parties in, in like Florida Beach and or Miami Beach and stuff like that. And uh, just again, just sort of inserting himself into these crazy situations and then reporting on it. And I believe he now has a documentary on HBO. Uh, and that, but all that that kind of reporting started with Hunter S. Thompson. He's the godfather of doing crazy shit than writing about it. All right. Um, Thompson, famed for works such as Hell's Angels, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and more, developed a public reputation for his mind-bending routine of drug and alcohol consumption while creating some of his most thought-provoking pieces. Quote, The trunk of a car looked like a mobile police narcotics lab. We had two bags of grass, 70, five pallets of mescaline, five sheets of high-powered blotter acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, and a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, and also a quart of tequila, a quart of rum, a case of Budweiser, a pint of raw ether, and two dozen amyls. Thompson wrote in the opening lines of Fear and Loathing. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, first of all, first of all, I mean, just props for being prepared. He's like the Boy Scout of drug use. Very impressive. Two, Mondo, what, what is mescaline? I don't even know. Uh, mescaline is, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's something you have to shoot up similar to like heroin. I don't know. I've never, I, I can't say for a fact that I've seen it ever, but it's not a good drug. It's not a good time. It's one of those down, like, yeah, like, I guess like heroin, like a downer where you would just kind of be just fucked, I guess. Oh, it's, you know what it is? It's like, uh, it's like peyote. Okay. So there you go. I had to look it up. Yeah. I, that's not one you hear a lot anymore. Like no. even peyote. I mean, I've heard of that, but you don't uh, ever hear like, dude, let's we're gonna go to the club and do some peyote. Peyote. It's more like mushrooms and everything. Second thing though, Mondo, what are laughers? I have no idea what laughers are. I want some. Where does he say that? Oh, screamers, laughers. I don't know. I just imagine he's probably describing what they do to you. Yeah, but what what sort of is like there a drug that like just makes you laugh? Make, yeah, like ecstasy makes you feel euphoric and kind of like 
giddy and happy. I mean, you could laugh. I mean, I'd done, I just, one of the most recent times I did mushrooms, I was laughing my ass off. I was just like having a great time and just like ah, giggling. And Wait, you did mushrooms? Yeah. Okay, audience, we're going to have to keep a very close, watchful eye on Armando. Let's put a pin on that. Until we get to our last no, of not discussion. Today. I didn't do them today. I'm saying That's like, exactly what someone's brain who had been infected by mushrooms would say. Okay. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. Okay. And then last part, though. I am so impressed with his ingenuity. A salt shaker full of cocaine. Yeah. That's just, you know, for, for the cokehead on the go who's doing stuff, he's got, um, you know, he's got he's to be able to quickly get that cocaine out, snort, and move on to the next thing. A lot of ingenuity. So just, you know, golf clap to Hunter S. Thompson for that. Continue. Uh, he continued an eye-opening representation of his mind. All this had been, quote, all this had been rounded up the night before in a frenzy of high-speed driving all over Los Angeles County from Topanga to Watts. We picked up everything we could to get our hands on. Not that we needed all that for the trip, but once you get locked into a serious drug collection, the tendency is to push for push it as far as you can. I respect that. Holy moly. I don't know, dude. Wait, wait where is Watts? Like in, uh, like it's kind of the... Uh, bad part of los angeles yeah like it's, downtown like, LA. it's like a yeah. ghetto like yeah that? yeah it's not it's not a nice part of la what 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 is the uh ethnic makeup of that neighborhood well currently it would be more african-american i don't know from the time that he's right. referring to it may have been more blended more white black hispanic all the above but currently i it's- I, I imagine hunter s thompson just rolling up straight like black ghetto just being like yeah. boys <laughs> hey you guys got any roofies you guys got any cocaine Oh, good Lord. All right. (laughs) While the book, which is rooted in autobiographical incidents, offered an insight into the thought process of a creative genius who often managed to bizarrely blend fact and fiction with bleary results. Having triumphed the legalization of drugs for large portions of his life, saying that drugs should be decriminalized across the board. Uh, He added, it might be a little rough on some people for a while, but I think it's the only way to deal with drugs. Look at prohibition. All it did was make a lot of Criminals rich. Facts, Hunter S. Thompson. He's got Facts. a point. Spit it. Uh, I'm going to skip to the fun part of the article, which yes. I think you are more than aware. I've actually seen this before. This is his daily routine. 3 p.m., rise. 3.05, Shivas Regal with the morning papers, Dunhills. I had a look at Dun- Dunhills. Like a cigar. Yes, yeah, cigarette. T- tobacco product. Yes. 3.45, cocaine. 350, another glass of Chivas, Dunhill. 405, first cup of coffee, Dunhill. 415, cocaine. 416, orange juice, Dunhill. No, and look, look, I I, I want to applaud him. Cause look, right, he this is his, his third hit of cocaine, and he's like, I have to take care of me now. Let's get some vitamin C. Let's not uh neglect yeah. our, our our health. So he's get, you know, he's he's a very health-oriented, uh, massive drug user, and I think that is very important for his longevity because he did this for a while. Yeah. Uh, 4.30, more cocaine. 4.54, cocaine. 5.05, cocaine. 5.11, coffee, Dunhills. Plural this time, not just one. So he's got, he might have two, may have three. Uh, 5.30, more ice in the Chivas. <laughs> 5.45, cocaine, et cetera, et cetera. He doesn't I, even bother to... <laughs> I, I love that part by because this started at 3 o'clock. He's taking cocaine six times now, and by 5.45, he's getting bored of the cocaine. He's he's, he's like, at ah, cocaine, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I guess, I guess apparently, apparently uh, over a, a two-hour period, you, you can lose interest in cocaine. I guess. I, I wouldn't know, but 
Hunter S. Thompson, he's just like, ah, whatever, cocaine. 6 p.m., grass to take the edge off the day. <laughs> 7.05, Woody Creek Tavern for lunch. Heineken, two margaritas, coleslaw, a taco salad, a double order of fried onion rings, <laughs> carrot cake, ice cream, a bean fritter, Dunhills, another Heineken, cocaine. Oh, thank God. I was, I was worried. You can't, Mondo, you can't have the 7.05 p.m. lunch without a little bit of cocaine. That would be madness. By the way, it's funny that it says 7.05 p.m. is his lunch. Think about that for a while. Yeah, because well, he, he's waking up at 3. Right. Continuing on with the list from 7.05, we weren't done. Heineken, cocaine, and for the ride home, a snow cone, which is a glass of shredded ice over which is poured three or four jiggers of shivis. All right, Hunter S. Thompson, missed opportunity. How are you going to make a snow cone without a little cocaine? Without a little cocaine. Dummy. Terrible. Uh, 9 p.m. Start snorting cocaine seriously. <laughs> oh, he was before it was just bullshit. It was recreational before. Yeah. Now he's doing it professionally. Right. Uh, 10 p.m. Drops acid. 11 p.m. Chartreuse, cocaine, grass. 11:30. Cocaine, etc., etc. Midnight. Hunter S. Thompson is ready to write. Perfect. Oh, he was just he was just ramping up to the writing process. Jesus. 12:05 to 6 a.m. Chartreuse, cocaine, grass. Chivas, coffee, Heineken, clove cigarettes, grapefruit, Dunhills, orange juice, gin, continuous pornographic movies. <laughs> so he's, he's just writing uh-huh. with his porn. Is it is the porn in the background? How is he consuming these porn movies? I suppose so. This this was this was pre Pornhub. Children like he had to probably rent VHS. or buy these videos. Yeah, he's got a collection of them. Uh, Six a.m. The hot tub, champagne, Dove bars, fettuccine Alfredo. Eight a.m. Hal, Halcyon? I don't know how to pronounce that. I, I'm assuming that's a drug. I, that, that's also a word. It just means like, um, it's like tranquil kind of euphoria. So it's probably something that helped him fall asleep. And then 8.20 a.m., sleep. Okay, and Mondo. See, here's my biggest nitpick with this entire schedule. Uh-huh. I've already noted how he's clearly health conscious, yeah. right? He's getting the vitamin C and the orange juice and everything. But then at for his 6 a.m. dinner, he has hot tub champagne. Great. That's, you know, he's just, you know, relaxing the system a little bit. Dove bars. He's getting some calcium in the milk. Great. But then he takes fettuccine Alfredo. Yep. Terrible. Yeah. Mondo, you don't carb load and then go to sleep. Yeah. You carb load right before you're about to perform the activity so you can burn off the simple sugars. And I think this is a huge oversight. Whoever his personal trainer is, his chef, they should be fired. And this is probably why. It was the fettuccine Alfredo, I think, that ultimately did him in. The 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 lunch he described, it's like I could not eat all that. Like, let's take away the booze and alcohol and, and, and the cocaine, the drugs. Let's remove that from the list of stuff he's got on that list. The food stuff, I couldn't finish all that. Ah, that would have been like a normal Tuesday for 22-year-old me. Maybe. Not now. Yeah, no, I couldn't Fuck no. all that stuff. Anything else with that article? So yeah, degen- so he was for sure a godfather, journalistic, degenerate, and and this this just goes to show this man invented a whole genre of journalism. You know he had, he was integral in the creation of a couple banger movies. Yeah, and you know what? Really not hurting anyone. We don't think Pro- probably six or seven hundred people he he helped directly, uh, and then even more indirectly wind up with drug addictions, but really not, I don't think he was hurting anybody. So what I'm trying to say is not all degenerates are weird, terrible creeps that contribute nothing to society. This man was, this man was like, 
like the drug using Boo Radley of the world. You know, he's a, he's a mockingbird just out there snorting cocaine, and then he turns into a hummingbird. Amen, brother. Moving on to the world of Ask Reddit. Let's go. Let's We're do this. We're still on the theme. Reddit question number one. Quote, unquote. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. What is a real-life example of this, Aaron? Dude, I didn't even do that on, pur- on purpose. I honestly, that's that just blew my mind. How th- so I was trying to stay on theme, right? Right. So, spoiler alert, next question is, like, what are your road trip essentials? Yeah. And so then I just went to the first thing on Ask Reddit, the most upvoted, and I was like, okay, I just got to grab a second question. Mm-hmm. I missed the part that it said road. Yeah, hello. Oh, my gosh. Hello. Why do you think I said this? That made the comment. No, that's that's why I under I understood as soon as you said. It, I'm like, oh, all right, okay. Anyhow, I'd actually never heard this. Go ahead, your answer. I don't. The road to hell is paved with good intention. What is a real example of this? So, so the one that immediately jumped to mind is when humans try to fuck with nature a little bit, and we we think we're doing it for the the like benefit of ourselves or the environment and then there's unintended consequences mm-hmm. uh so this happens a lot in particular when we we introduce non-indigenous species i'm trying to there was like a really specific example where there was there's some sort of pest i feel like this was like an australia or something and it was that whole you remember that nursery rhyme where it was like you get the cat to eat the mouse and the 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 dog to eat the cat and the no you remember that one Mm-mm. Nope. Damn, I was hoping because I, I obviously have a shaking memory. Anyhow, it was it was like there was some sort of pest and they introduced Oh, that was the plague, right? Isn't that what how the, the plague spread with the with the rats? Rat rats spread with the plague, but there I'm trying to remember there was there was some this is very shaky, but basically the gist of it was it was in Australia. They induced a non indigenous species to try to take care of a pest. Uh-huh. And the non-indigenous species did that fantastically well, completely wiped out the pest, who then it turned out was actually a little bit integral to the the ecological system as a whole. And then on top of that, because the species was not indigenous, it it had no natural predators. And then that species just went completely fucking buck wild because there was nothing to check it and ended up being more of a problem than the pest they introduced it, yeah, I think it's in, in the first I place. think it's in Australia. They they brought over some kind of cat that pretty much just yes, exactly. is all over the fucking place and and yeah, and then they now, I, there's, like, parts of, like, Hawaii that are overrun by, like, fucking boar or some kind of wild pig. Similar, similar, somewhere they introduced a species that wasn't supposed to be there for for whatever reasons. And then, oopsie, <laughs> can't go back now. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. I don't know. I've never heard that quote before, so it's hard for me to answer that question. Oh, really? That's the first time you've heard that? I've never heard that quote. Famous quote. Very famous. Sure. Never heard it. I think there's a lot. It's it's people people meddling. It's when people are trying to do good, and they don't really think about the consequences of their actions, and they fuck. Well, isn't that up. how the zombie virus starts? Like people are, or or even like the coronavirus. What were they doing? What were just what were they were they trying to come up with some cure to cancer? And then oh my god, here's fucking uh, coronavirus, and oops, we spread it across the world. We, Holy shit! That a hundred percent could happen seems like it might even be likely mondo here's another here's another possible ish example of that the uh, opioid ep- epidemic because i think i think when people were actually synthesizing and creating those drugs in a lab they're like oh we're trying to make something that's gonna you know help people with painful conditions it's we're we're, we're trying to make these drugs to help people uh-huh. 
And then a lot of drugs are like that. A lot of drugs are like that. Pharmaceutical companies got ahead of a hold of them, and then that that whole thing just spiraled out of control. Where people definitely weren't using the drugs for their intended purpose, and led to drug abuse and like just whole communities getting wrecked. Where at the core of it, it's like, yeah, like we're just trying to make this thing to help people. Along those lines, do you think the what do you like right now? It used to be when we grew up, marijuana was illegal. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's it's legalized just about everywhere. Yeah. The next step is 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 probably uh, uh, mushrooms, mushrooms, Halluc- funguses, hallucinogenics, hallucinogenics. That wasn't the word. Psychotropics. Was, that was the one I was trying to come up with. Psych, psycho something. Anyway, so it seems like that line uh-huh. is is moving. Yeah. What, what do you think of the kind of general? trend of like more and more drugs are becoming legalized like do you think at one point that will be like because there is some places in the world we can get like heroin legally i mean it's you got to be you know you're under watchful eye of a doctor or some shit you know what do you think of the oh here's another uh road to hell is paid with good intentions speaking of drugs that just made me think about it poor michael jackson man they're just trying to help him sleep yeah he had he had all and then he ended up dying of an od um, where's the lime on the, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Cause that's, that's one where, as we learned in the Hunter S Thompson segment, I don't have a ton of experience with drug use. Yeah. So it's kind of hard for me to comment, right? I don't have, I've not done very many like drugs other than stuff that grows like mushrooms, marijuana, booze, cigarettes. There was a phase with cigarettes. I don't know. I, like other stuff that seems to be like chemically enhanced or something. Like I've got a problem with that stuff being like something that didn't modify. Just even food, like food has been modified. I'm like, oh yeah, all the all the food. We, that would be another one, Mondo. The road the, to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, because right, because they are making like fake meat. Well, not even the fake meat. It, it's when that. So that a lot of people get uh, confused. Like the term GMO, genetically modified organism. Right, like they think of, about it being like tweaked in a lab, but a lot of times it's just the way they're breeding crops. So, you know, the food industry has this problem. It's like, oh, we have so many people to feed. It's it's tough financially with farms, whatever. And so they've, you know, if if you look at the produce in our, in our stores in America, it's way bigger aesthetically, maybe more pleasing than than other places. But in order in order to make these like giant tomatoes and everything like that, tomatoes, bananas. But they took a lot of the actual. Not I don't think intentionally. They were just trying to make more food and probably to make more money. But they they took a lot of the nutritional value out of it. The wheat, like most of the wheat products we have here in the states, are vastly different than the products, let's say, in Italy. Mm-hmm. Like look at all the fucking Italians and all the goddamn pasta they eat, but they don't fucking gain an ounce of weight. Meanwhile, the stuff we eat. The 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 wheat being used to make all these noodles and pastas and stuff, all that stuff's been d- fucked with, tampered with big time. Wheat is terrible for you. Well, American wheat. No, just wheat is not good. We were not meant to eat it. It's not. It's not a thing that okay. we like evolved to digest. Wheat is terrible for you. Mondo. Put a pin in that as well. Oh, there's a there's lot of two, pins. two pins. There's the Mondo mushroom pin. There's the wheat pin. All right. We're going to circle back. Some of the answers from Reddit, uh, user Lactrodectus Geometric writes, a man named Dr. Spock wrote a handbook for ch- uh, for child rearing. It was widely circulated and well-received. Many of our parents likely got the child uh, rearing advice from this book. In it, he recognized that babies would throw up a lot and therefore recommended newborns be laid on their stomachs to sleep. Unknowingly, this would result in accidental smothering deaths of thousands of newborns, a huge number of SIDS, SIDS, 
sudden infant dying syndrome. Can cases can be like uh, Mondo? I want to go on the record. I'm completely against child rearing. It's terrible. <laughs> I think anyone who who is a child rearer, death penalty. You know, not even prison. There's just no room for child rearing in our society. A lot of these uh, period. Other, a lot of these other answers are super long, so I'm just gonna read one last one. User Aldis underscore hoaxly writes the introduction of kudzu for erosion control it has become invasive and girdles and kills plant life above ground without mm. establishing proper roots therefore causing soil erosion oh damn yeah anyway that was it for reddit question number one reddit question number two what are your personal must-haves for a road trip do you have any Depends. So if I'm going solo, Dude, no, Mondo, you got to stop and just use a bathroom. So if that's it's not gonna, okay, if it's just going to be me, like the last couple of times I went to California and back, M- Mondo, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but you have to acknowledge a prime adult diaper joke right there. That's why I glossed over it because I don't want to give you the the credit for it. Oh, Long road trip. If it's just me, I definitely have to have like a like a ice chest thing right like within arm's reach. It can't be in the back. It can't be in the glove can't be whatever it's got to be within arm's reach with cold stuff uh-huh. so i can keep like a sandwich or something to like so that way i don't have to pull over on a road trip i could just grab the thing eat some of it put it back in the ice of course you don't have to pull over because you got your depends um have to have water have to have to have water uh-huh. and then these long road trips like i said for me when it's by myself i will take like one or two like little red bull uh whatever sugar-free red bulls in there and like when i start feeling kind of like i'm gonna nod off Chug one of them motherfuckers, and I feel like I got a little bit of a, a kick, like a second or third wind. But yeah, I think those are road trip must-haves for me. What about you? You already hit on one of mine. Like, my number one with a bullet is water, and a lot of... I mean, I'll usually bring, like, two large uh, 32 or 60-ounce bottles of water with me. Uh-huh. And because it's twofold. One, you get surprisingly dehydrated... On road trips, yeah, like it doesn't seem like you, especially if it's during the summer. There's, there's, you know, sun beating through the windows. But the other reason, and this is the more sort of practical, functional reason for me, is I have a tendency just to zone out on road trips. Like less now, where I've got all these, these, you know, achy joints and everything. But when I was younger, I would just get in the zone, and I would end up driving, you know, eight, nine hours, and I would, I would only stop when I ran out of gas. Yeah. Which isn't good. It, it's much better if you get out and you move around and you break things up a little bit. Yeah. So if you're drinking just copious, copious amounts of water, you got to pee. Exactly. And and then it comes to a point where your your bladder is gonna over <laughs> override everything else, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna pull over. I'm stopping. Yeah. So that that was always really key for me. And then the the other thing, it, I used to I used to do books uh, on tape when I was doing really long road trips. Do you had to when it was like I do podcasts now. This was, but this was before that was a thing that existed. Yeah, yeah. You know, circa circa two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, when I was doing the cross country road trip solo, because uh, I think I drove cross country three or four times by myself. I would, I think the first time I did it, I had like one CD I had burned because this was back in the day. We'd moved on from like mixtapes where you're like holding the recorder up and doing that, so we could burn CDs. We were we we're a little bit more advanced, but yeah, you you had to. To record songs, and I, I listened to the same like twelve song CD on repeat for like seventeen hours straight, and it kind of melted my mind. And I was like, "Oh, this isn't healthy. No, yeah. I can't do that." So, just something that kind of keeps you a little bit mentally engaged. So, yeah, I do podcasts now too. And here's here's my last one, Mondo. 
I think it's great if you if you can if it's a long trip in particular, if you can figure out a way to kind of break the trip up with some sort of mid uh, way destination. You know, if it, you know, it's like oh, something I'm, to do or somewhere to go or something to do or what are you looking? I th- I think just mentally, it doesn't really even matter. It's just m- more like oh, I'm gonna get to this place. So you're not thinking, oh my god, I have to drive all the way from Los Angeles to Philadelphia. It's 46 hours away. Yeah. I can't. It's like oh no, I'm just going from. So for example, there was there was one my my favorite road trip where I had these little destinations broken up were. One, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go from L.A. to Las Vegas. Not not that long of a trip. Uh, and But I, I went to, I got to see, oh, no, I was supposed to see Louis Black, but I didn't get to see Louis Black perform because I was staying with one of my grandfather's, uh, f- like, friends who was this old, she was like a C-tier Marilyn Monroe. That's the way I could put it. She, she was like a, a, like a B or C movie star. Mm. And... I don't know if they had an affair or what her connection was, but she was just like chilling in this house in Vegas, probably dead now. I was supposed to see Louis Black and he thought he was doing me a favor. He's like, yeah, I'm going to send you to our nicest steak restaurant in Las Vegas with this, however, I think she's maybe 75 or year old, like former movie star. I'm like, can I, can I, just, <laughs> can I please just go see Louis Black? Yeah. All, right. All right. No. Okay. So good steak dinner. Um, and then, and then, so then I drove from Vegas to Colorado and I stayed with, uh, the, the, the Bollockers, Christian Bollocker, not there. I think it might've just been brought by, uh, Brian Bollocker. May he rest in peace. Shout out to Brian Bollocker yeah, for, what's a minute, up? for, you know, where, wherever you may be, sir. For making a good couple kids. Thank, thank you for, for housing <laughs> me that night. I appreciated, uh, you welcoming me into your home with wide arms. Christian, we really bonded. We had no idea. <laughs> like, he's just like, uh, you're one of Christian's friends. There's the bedroom. Uh, if you need anything, don't ask. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. You're the man. And and then I went and I and I um I stayed with my so I went from Denver to Chicago, stayed with my relatives there. And I to my earlier point, I had burned uh a bunch of like comedy CDs, you know, like like uh-huh. hour-long, you know, stand-up specials. Uh, in addition to a book on tape and I, and I'd listened to them all when I got to Chicago and I just gave them all to my little cousin at the time. He's, he's now, now he's a man with a wife. Uh, but I didn't realize like that was a, a central part of his life. That's where he discovered stand up comedy because he just had all my, my comedy seasons. So anyhow, having those like little breaks, even if it's just, you know, like chilling with Brian Bollocker for, for 10 seconds, you know, eating steak dinner with a, uh, you know, 1950s, like see movie star, you just got you got to be creative. All right, uh, some of the redditors for that question, user PME your booty writes, "This isn't a must-have, but more of a must-do rule that I try to abide by. If the sign says world's best blank 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 or America's first blank blank blank, pull over. It's almost always never the case, but it almost always leads to debauchery, townies galore, blah 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 blah. Yeah, there's the one." Uh, on the way from California, or sorry, from Southern California to Vegas, there's the world's largest thermometer in Baker. So stupid. Dumb shit like that. Uh, let me read a couple more. One more of those. Try to find one. Uh, user abysmal underscore Pop-Tart writes, pre-planned stops, 
so kind of agreeing to Aaron. Yeah. Make your makes your road trip feel shorter, even if it adds time. Yeah. Stops at a nice restaurant, brewery, winery, etc. along the way. Nothing excessively long, but a 30 to 60 minute break, gas up, get going. It feels like several shorter drives that way, and you get some really cool experiences. Yeah, these olive ones are like super duper long. Anyways, that's it for uh, Ask Reddit. Last segment of our episode, we've got about 20 minutes, yeah, 15, 20 minutes, so we got to kind of breeze by. Um, Binge and Purge, we last started talking about The Last of Us on HBO Max, and we just reviewed episode one. This time around, we are going to talk about Episodio Doso. Aaron, what's up? Hallelujah, we do not. I repeat, we do not have another Willow on our hands. Thank God. So far, yes. Yeah, so far, it's not disappointing. Good show so far. Great performances so far. Episode one, excellent. I thought episode two, excellent. Just without going into details or, or the plot or anything, general reaction to episode two. What was your feeling? Plot-wise or just characters? What do you like? General reaction. General reaction is I'm I'm now feeling more comfortable with Bella Ramsey as... As Elise or whatever, Elsie? Elsie. It's been a while, god damn it. You just played the game, you just watched the show, and her name is I'm not, is, good. I'm not is good with names. Ellie. I was Ellie. 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 <laughs> anyway, I, she's, the actress, Bella Ramsey, is now coming around to like, okay, I could see her doing a pretty good uh, Ellie. I, you know what? I felt the same way. Because I was bitching and moaning a little bit yeah. post-episode one. Do you think they've changed her character or tweaked it slightly from the game? Yes, she's not. I think she still plays. Obviously, she plays the same character, but her personality isn't. They're not congruent. They're not the same. They're they're a little bit different. Yeah. You know what? The the one part this was, and this probably wasn't the best line or anything, but I I sort of warmed up to her in the role was they're they're trying to navigate to this Capitol building to to meet up with the fireflies, and they're walking through this hotel which has been flooded. Uh, you find out that Ellie can't swim, which which is like 90% of the puzzles you have to solve in the game are just ferrying Ellie around like pits of water where she can't swim. Yeah. But anyhow, she's, you know, she's being a kid. She's exploring and she, she, she does this little uh, dialogue with herself where she's pretending to check into the restaurant or the, the hotel. Yeah. And she's, she's like, hello, I would like a room. Oh yes, you have it. You know, and it, and Pedro Pascal is, is just peak Joel, just like, oh, you're a weird kid. Yeah. And she's like, you're a weird kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that part. I'm like, oh, they're making her a little bit weirder and goofier. Like, I actually, I really like that. That yeah. just one little interaction sold me on Bella Ramsey's Ellie. Yeah. They're doing just enough with the show. They're doing just enough different subtle things from the show than the video game. That are not ruining the video game. It's kind of like you said. It's kind of adding more color, more depth to the characters and and the video game. It's kind of like it's got a it's got a pace, but in the show they got a little more time to just kind of do little subtle things. Let's let's real quick talk about the zombie fungus, and then we'll circle back to some of the changes. Sure. Similar to episode one, this started with a its whole own little sort of featurette where a a Indo I think it was Indonesian. Doctor of mycology, uh-huh. uh, you know the study of of mushrooms and fungus and whatnot, is being pulled into the army because they this is like where ground zero of the outbreak is, and it's very forceful. It's very, it feels very like oh fuck. like dictator dictator like she's being kidnapped. What the fuck's going on? She's even asking like, am I being detained? What's going on? I did nothing wrong. Am I in trouble? They take her to this place and like 
Look at this microscope and tell me what you see. I had some quibbles about when they did this in the first episode. Quibbles? Some some <laughs> some some nits to pick, okay. if you will, right? I, I was for one, I was like, what the hell sort of talk show is this where it's a comedic talk show, but they're talking about scientists? I don't know. Maybe the sixties were a different time. That one it, it was nice to set up, but it, it didn't really seem to fit. Th- this just seemed to fit tonally, thematically, like right. everything. And I thought the acting performances were great. I mean that that doctor of mycology. There's the part where like they're they're asking her what to do, and you you see her hand just like subtly shaking as she puts her her whatever is her coffee down. Yeah, and that to me, even there, I'm like, oh fuck, is her hand subtly shaking because she's scared as fuck, or that we we know from you know watching the zombies that's actually like a symptom when you get infected. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's probably because she's scared. But like, they, they they were masterful with the tension in that whole thing. The the other part was there anything about that sequence that really stood out to you? Not really. Just the sciency stuff, and then and then you know the sciency stuff. The 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 um the CGI they did when she's like probing the mouth of the fucking dead thing, and then these little tentacle fucking things creep out. That was kind of creepy. That was kind of like nice little. They didn't have to be too crazy. So there, there were a couple things that really, really stuck out to me. One, I always had an issue where, where I felt like this, this virus or not virus. And well, any of these outbreak things, the virus suddenly popping up everywhere all at the same time. I always feel like that's unrealistic. Same thing with this. I'm like, how did this fungus suddenly end up everywhere? And they very subtly address that, right? Because we find out that this whole thing started in a wheat plant, right? You know, there, there is one, there's a worker in this wheat plant that's infected and then she goes crazy. She bites other people and we still don't know who the first person, you know, was infected, but I don't know if you caught it when she was talking about the quote unquote sciencey stuff. Uh-huh. She, she goes, Oh, a perfect substrate meaning yeah. Fungus grows incredibly well in wheat we now live in this global economy, right? Where like, we don't pr- produce all of our wheat. I think, I think America only produces maybe like 40 or 50% of the wheat that we consume. So we have to import a ton of our food from other places. And I, I don't know if it's India or Indonesia, but like we get a lot of our, our wheat from that area of the country. So it's really, really plausible that a big shipment of wheat got contaminated and then it gets spread all over the country to grocery stores. And I don't even—I I hadn't really even thought about this, but they were subtly hinting at all that in the first episode, right? Because you remember they have uh, Joel's daughter. She's making cookies, wheat, wheat product. With the neighbor. Yeah. And and, they, and Joel goes, oh, I, I can't eat those. I'm on Atkins. I mean, kids, not, if you're not a 90s kid, you would know this. But Atkins famously... You know, it's a, no a, carbs, no carb diet. So he's not eating wheat. Like they were just, I think they were thinking about it to that level where they're even kind of like playing with that idea in episode one. So I thought that was pretty cool. Dude, the part where I was like, oh fuck, that is what you'd have to do. Like the part that really, really hit me was when, when the, the general, whoever the military guy was, was like, well, well, tell us what to do right after she's explained that there is no cure. There's no uh, vaccine. There's no drug. And she's just like, bomb the whole city. <laughs> yeah, but for real, like, how, how would how would you get rid of this giant, like, fungus infestation? Don't know. I don't know. Burn it. Burning it. Fire always seems to work. 
Yeah, that's what she said. She, but she's but she's like, just do it on a large scale, whole city, uh, and just I'll, I'll move on. But the the one thing it made me remember, I, I'm assuming you're familiar with cauliflower ear, right? Uh huh. That is that is one of the the three sort of uh, biggest downfalls of grapplers. You get the cauliflower ear. I don't know if you're familiar with the second most common ringworm. Have you ever heard of it? That's the that's the first one I heard of in, in high school. That's why I didn't wrestle. It's gross <laughs> as fuck, man. Yeah, it, and it, it is. It's a fungus that basically like goes under your skin. I mean, it's so it's it, you can see it. It's this big like red ring that that and it it's almost like burrowed under your skin, so you can't quite get at it. And I I got it when I was a sophomore in high school, and at that point we just didn't have any sort of real quality antifungals like now i think we do have some antifungal medication and, and creams and stuff and it takes maybe like a week or two and back then it was like a month two months to get rid of i remember getting so frustrated with it that i just i think i like heated up like a quarter gross uh you know on, on the stove and then just burned it off my arm i still have this scar like right Nice. On the underside of my arm, it was ah, oh, I hated that thing. Fuck, fucked with your mind. Anyhow, but that made me think of it when she's like, just burn it all down. I was like, yup, that's what you do, I guess. Take a lot of quarters and throw them in fire and throw them at Aaron. That's how you kill the no, don't virus. don't throw the quarters. You just you want you want to be a little more surgical, a little bit more precise. Although it doesn't that that does not look like what happened in uh, Boston. They were just bombing indiscriminately. So anyhow, Manda, you've you've played the game more recently than I have. Mm-hmm. What what were some of the changes that you thought worked, and were there any that you thought did not work? I don't remember exactly how the the scene in which the 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 woman the the, the female character her her last scene in the show. I don't remember. It didn't definitely test test. It didn't go that way in the video game that I recall. Like the, the her her end scene weren't they weren't different they were different. Yeah, it was it was was very different in a lot of ways. One, if if I recall, you, and you you can correct me, but I don't think it was zombies like the that killed all the fireflies. I think it was Fedra, like the the military branch that had that tracked them down and killed them. So that that was different, and so there was no zombie horde, you know, charging that, them. charging them and. I th- and I think I think if I if again if I remember it was Fedra that they were fighting on their way out and I, and I, yeah I don't, I don't remember how she died I don't know if she killed herself or she just stayed to fight them while Joel and Ellie ran away but that yeah that whole part was completely different and I even remember playing the game where I'm like well this doesn't really make sense right why if Fedra had just killed all the fireflies why would they then come back to the Capitol building? Like they didn't know about Joel and Tess and Ellie. Like yeah. th- this doesn't. That was that was a plot hole where I think they kind of fixed it. So I th- I thought they, that was good. They retconned it. Yeah. Another difference. On that same note, the whole thing with the the tendrils underground. Uh, like that, that they moved. Well, and that if you could like if you stepped on the fungus in one place, it could wake them up. That wasn't in the game, was it? No, no. They were all kind of their own. They were not connected the way that they're doing in the in the show. In the show, that's all like one giant mind fuck. You know, uh, what do they call it? Mind uh, hive, mind hive, hive, hive mind. mind. You got there. You did it. Sure. In 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 this show, they're kind of trying to subtly say that that's the case. Like mm-hmm. where if you touch, like, like you step on a fucking vine over here, and then this fucking uh, leaper or whatever fucking dude comes out over here in this other area. It's just really weird how they're doing it now. I don't, I don't know if they're gonna continue with that 
that same thing or are they going to use that? I, so I, I assumed in part that they changed the infection the way the way you're infected. Because in, in the game, it's like you get infected by breathing in spores. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly wearing a gas mask in the game. And I was like, oh, they probably just don't want the actors to have their face covered the whole time. Like, uh, what's his name? Um, dude, I just blanked it. Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal in The Mandalorian. Yeah, he's probably like, fuck this. <laughs> like, I don't want to wear a mask for an entire season. Again. Again. Um, but I, I actually actually think that change made it a little bit creepier and, and more terrifying. And that that is actually how mushrooms work in, in real life. These are these huge, long underground tendrils. Fun fact, when I was doing research for how how the world would change in the future, I I was like wondering, like, well, you know, if if greenhouse, greenhouse gases become an even bigger problem and we have to really cut those down, like maybe we're not going to have as much animal production because, I mean, cows dump tons of meth- methane into the atmosphere. So what for what would we be using as a leather substitute, if all of a sudden we, we don't have cows to eat, we're probably not going to have as much leather for clothes. And this is already a thing they're doing. It's called micro leather. And basically, the, you harvest like th- these huge like networks of uh, underground fungal uh, tendrils, and they make it into like a leather product. Like they, you can already get micro leather couches and clothes, and, and apparently it's like stronger than leather. It's it's nuts. I mean, the all the applications. For, for fungus, but now super creepy in context of The Last of Us. Um, were there any other changes that you noticed? No, no, I'm sure there were other ones, subtle ones, but it's been, it's kind of hard to remember stuff from a week ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not that hard, but like, okay. Like glaring things will stand out, but some of the subtle stuff kind of like you tend to forget those little. Be- best scenes of this episode. Well, I actually did like that test scene. That was kind of cool. She's like, I'm fucking staying behind. You guys fucking go. And she's like, fuck this. I got one gun. <laughs> I mean, it, that was a baller way to go out. Yeah. Also super creepy because the, the whole tendril kiss thing, again, not in the game. They were like, oh, let's take the game and make it even more terrifying and weird and the fucked up. Little, little things coming out of the fucking dude's mouth. The, one small nitpick with that scene. Couldn't she have just like, put the the lighter down to the ground level and would would that spark have been enough to ignite the gasoline because she was sparking her lighter it was creating fire it just wasn't catching would the the spark catch um i don't know i haven't used a i haven't used one of those zippos in a long time okay it's you know what mondo this is your assignment for before uh next episode i need you to just dump a big pool of gasoline on the no all right fine uh I, i thought that scene was great not you know what I retract my nitpick. Such a good scene, the whole horde of zombies coming in. You know she she's she's terrified. That actress sold how scared she was, and then last second as this this was it a runner or I can't remember the, the whatever the, they're called yeah, is, is like it looks like it's kissing her, but it's basically just putting all the the uh, mushroom tendrils into the closest orifice into her brain. And then she finally gets the lighter, and the whole thing blows up. Baller scene. The fact that she was like struggling with it, it's like, come on, fucking just light it. And then the other scene, <laughs> not not nearly as good. I would give this runner up. I really like that whole scene in the hotel. You know where because there were a lot of funny, like kind of funny parts, like where, where, you, where you find out that Ellie can't swim, and because she, you know, she's being a smartass. That's where we we see Joel starts to be a little bit of a smartass back to her. Uh-huh. Um, 
you know, we, we, we get that Ellie character development where all, she, she goes from being like wild feral animal to just a kid who's seeing something new and she's, you know, looking at the hotel. I, I like that whole part. Um, yeah. so to, to wrap this up, uh, Mondo, did you know that they have already con- been confirmed for season two? No, I did not. And apparently it's going to be based on the last of us too. Okay. So after watching the first episode of Last of Us, um, someone was was pointing out like make you know because if if it did get signed up for season two, which I didn't know until Aaron told me, they're like who's gonna play? What's the lesbian girl girl character telling me about the 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 bad one? Because you, she's not a lesbian, but you mean Abby? Abby. And they're like you should have Florence Pugh play Abby. That would, that would work. And like I, I, Florence Pugh for me, she's the current hottest hottie actress out there for me. She's very um just get her just get her in the gym, get her on some steroids. Nah. Get her just ripped as fuck. Just let her be who she is. She she played a good part in the what's the Black Widow's sister? Mm-hmm. She was already kind of athletic for that. She she to- she she might be a little bit old for Abby, but you can make it work. Yeah, people are already being really shitty about that in the comments. Yeah. Uh, they're like they're like, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see Jason Momoa as Abby. It's like, guys, <laughs> come the fuck down. Come the fuck. I know you saw a girl with muscles and it threatened your concept of masculinity. You you're you're upset cuz you can't lift more than 10 pounds in each arm. Like, chill. Chill out. So no, I didn't know that they were signing they signed up for season 2 of Last of Us. That's pretty good. What so then if it does well, because there is no Last of Us 3 video game, pretty much if there is a season 3, if we get to the point where there's a season 3, they're going to be they're going to go on their own. They're going to go on their own. They're not going to have like reference material to build. You know what I mean? Yeah, well so there there are a couple things. One th- there is room there was room for more story to be told after 2. Okay. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like everything's wrapped up. Yeah. We you know, we cured the infection or everyone's dead or, you know, the, you, you could, you could continue on a new arc. I, I'm also, I'm just really interested to see what they do with, with two, because we talked about it a little bit. It, it, narratively, it's a lot more uneven than one and seeing how they've already, I think improved from the story in the video game in these two episodes. I'm, I'm thinking that they could, tell that story from last of us Two, but probably in a much better way, particularly where, you know, I, it, they've had the, the, uh, I always forget the guy's name. Was it Neil Druckmann? Is that the creator? Sure. The creator from the game worked on the show as well. And he's had, he's had years now to like hear the criticism and probably look back and be like, ah, fuck, I should have done this different. Oh, this would have been, a, you know, a stronger way to do it. So I, I, I actually have really high hopes for episode two and season two. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Season two, correct, and and all the the little uh, man child crybabies who are <laughs> threatened by a woman with muscles can go suck it. Yeah, season two so far, Last of Us, pretty good. Watch it if you haven't. Uh, did you have anything else you want to add to the episode before we wrap it up? Because we're already a little over time, but that's okay. So far, best show I've seen in a while, next to Andor. That's high praise. Yep. I praise. Um, thanks for listening to our podcasty, and thanks for watching us on the YouTubes and the Twitches. We hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Um, my last little bit is the last. Uh, we got the the conference finals today. 
The Niners are playing the Chiefs currently for the NFC title. And then it'll be the Bengals versus the Chiefs. What did I say? It's it's Eagles in uh whatever. Watch the fuck watch the foosball. We hope you guys have a good time. Guys, tune in for Eagles and whatever. <laughs> Must see TV. Have a good weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.